Blog Talk Radio. your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a Reiki master and certified sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you for tuning in. I do want to take a moment tonight to thank each and every one of you, my listeners, as well as all of my guests. This past weekend, I went to the INAT show in Denver, Colorado to attend the Coalition of Visionary Resources Award Banquet. Now, as some of you know, Energy Awareness Radio was nominated for the 2012 COVR Best Internet Radio Show Award back in, I think it was February or March. Then just two weeks ago, I received word that Energy Awareness Radio was among the finalists. So at the very last minute, I opted to fly to Denver to attend the banquet, and I am so very glad I did. Our show, yes, it is yours and mine, Energy Awareness Radio received second place honors. And if it were not for you, the listening audience, who have been so very supportive over the past five years, we would most certainly not be in contention for such an honor. 
I am very grateful to each and every one of you for all that you have given to this show. This is your show. We ask what you want to hear on Energy Awareness Radio, and then we strive to bring you what you want to hear. And we are very thankful for your input, suggestions, your ideas, and support. I appreciate each and every one of you so very much, and I share this honor with all of you. So thanks to all of you for making this show, our show, such a huge success. I am always, always will treasure this moment, so thank you so much. Okay, our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that is already happening online. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it. We'll do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you cannot continue to listen online, please call us directly by dialing 347-2020-227, and that way you can listen via phone, or please make sure you use your Bluetooth if you are driving around. Do you appreciate what you have? Do you wonder how you can change the things you don't really like? Well, you can. Tonight, my guest is going to share practical skills that will allow all of us to achieve a life that is richer and brings forth a more meaningful experience. Betsy Otter Thompson is the author of many books, including Walking Through Illusion, The Mirror Theory, You Are What You Think, Love Human, Love Parent, and her most recent and the topic of discussion for tonight's show, The What Happens If I Book. Welcome to the show, Betsy. Thank you for joining us. How are you being this evening? I'm fine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here, and congratulations on your award. That's very exciting. Yeah, it is exciting, and thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, I really enjoyed your book a lot. You know, it's written in a format that makes it so very easy for the reader to use as a reference book, if you will. Each chapter starts with a question, and some of those questions are what we ask each ourselves, but we don't ask them in the way that you do. This is what I got from it. For example, one of your questions is, what happens if I sit around and do nothing? And I don't really know if anybody asks that question. More so I see people saying things like, if I'm not constantly busy, I won't be successful. I'll be perceived as lazy. I'll feel guilty. And I think we tend to not ask the question at all, but rather you know, turn it around and we chastise ourselves for certain things. Your format, though, is what makes the book so easy to read and understand. And more than that, you kind of put a positive spin on each topic and you offer such viable solutions, not just for us, but for those people that we run into in everyday life. And the solutions are easy to understand and really easy to implement. And I can certainly see how they will shift one's perspective immediately. But how did you come up with this concept to ask the questions in the way that you did rather than the other way that, that I looked at and saw, well, I see it on the other side? Well, I was, I, I, when I wrote this book, when I was writing this book, I already believed in the idea of action-reaction or the mirror theory, which meant that uh, we were, the people in front of us were reflecting something to us about ourselves. But I, I was having trouble explaining. I had a very bad day, and I was having trouble explaining or admitting, really, admitting to what I must have given to somebody to explain what I had received, which is probably the big, biggest obstacle that we all run into when something happens to us, somebody's rude to us, somebody's unkind to us, and we, our natural instinct is to lash out and to get mad at the person and blame them for ruining our day, when the truth really is that we only are impacted by the things that we have impacted towards others. And so I had to ask myself, uh, you know, somebody was very patronizing toward me, and I had to ask myself, how have I patronized others? Because that's the only way you really solve the problem. Otherwise, if you blame, you just attract people back to you who you who will blame you for, for things going wrong in their life. So I got the idea, thinking to myself, um, because I could solve this problem by understanding how I had been patronizing to somebody else, it was a very empowering place to be to say, um, I created this situation, so therefore I can create another situation. And I thought to myself, I wonder if uh, there could be a book where we would, I could ask all these questions or I'd get together with Spirit and we would come, come together with all these questions about what happens if I do that or what happens if I do this. And uh, so I sort of play the devil's advocate in this book of asking the question that, that I've asked a lot of times, 
There are 33 chapters, and I've asked each of those questions of myself. And then let Spirit sort of lead me to resolution uh, in a way that always turned out to be kind and loving and uh, and easy to implement. I love that you said that because it isn't very difficult to implement. It just takes a little bit of honesty. And um, you only have to be honest with yourself, so it's not that difficult. You don't have to do this the exercise that the, the book encourages you to do with anyone else but yourself. And so it is easy. It just takes... Um, determination and honesty to implement it and awareness to know to recognize what what you're seeing as you're going through each day and recognize that this this pertains to a, a specific question and, and to and to implement what it is that you put forth i think sometimes that's hard for people it's very hard sometimes to admit that someone is ref, a reflection of ourselves we don't really want to know do we <laughs> <laughs> when we don't like it, we don't want to know. When we like it, we're perfectly happy to admit that it's a reflection of us. It's just when we don't like it that the, that the old problem arises. But that's when the, that's where all the growth is waiting because it's easy. You know, life is easy when it just breezes along day after day and everything wonderful happens. It's when we have the challenge that it gets difficult. But that's where we have the opportunity to really learn something about ourselves and to expand our horizon and become a more fully human being, more fully realized human being. Well, that that's absolutely true, but boy, you know, I know I have trouble when things aren't going well. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah, sometimes life isn't fun. When things are going great, and, and you wonder sometimes as you're sitting there going through something, why is this happening? I've done everything possible to do the right thing, to put out the right positive vibrations, to act accordingly with people, to be nice, to be kind, to be compassionate, uh, compassionate and caring and loving and giving, and then you feel like you you know, you got hit by a truck. Well, here's the thing. Uh, if you feel that you got hit by a truck, there's chances are that somebody else feels they got hit by a truck through you. <laughs> mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, that's because if, if somebody comes at you um, in a way that is negative and, and you notice it but it doesn't impact your heart, that means you haven't been negative and you're just noticing it. I, I explain it by the idea that we all have this aura around us or this energy that represents ourselves, represents everything that we put out into the universe. So if an idea comes towards us that we haven't given, it comes towards us but sort of bounces off our aura or the energy around us and doesn't impact the heart. But once we have given an idea to somebody else, once we have, for instance, in my case, been patronizing to somebody else, that opens a hole in the aura that welcomes that patronizing back into me and then impacts my heart. So it's really a beautiful idea that we are protected ourselves by this aura that we have. And if we haven't been unkind to somebody else, when someone else is unkind, we'll notice it or we'll say, uh, oh, that person wasn't very kind, but we won't care. It won't be that awful gut feeling like you've hit, been hit by a truck that comes to you when things don't go 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 well or what, go your way. So I, that's where and, the and honesty comes in. That's where the honesty comes in. Yes, and, and and I can understand that, but sometimes I see people and they'll come in and they'll tell me things and I'll think, wow, this person doesn't ever hurt anyone. They wouldn't hurt a fly. They've never done anything that I'm aware of you know, because I've seen them, known them for years, and yet they're constantly being bombarded with things that truly affect them emotionally. Well, fortunately, we don't have to worry about what's happening to other people <laughs> because we don't, really under we don't really know what's happening to them. We really don't know what they're living on a day-to-day -day basis. We don't know what they're putting out. We know what they're putting, you know what they're putting out towards you, but you don't know what they're putting out towards others. And to try to figure out other people is a really a hopeless and very discouraging path to take because they have their own path and we don't need to worry about them. We only need to worry about the fact that we're creating the kind of life we want. And I think when you get over that idea that somehow, uh, if you find yourself always focused on other people, sure, it's sure a shoot and it's because you're refusing to look at yourself. Uh, because it, it, change comes from the inside out, not the outside in. You cannot change other people. You cannot make them be different than they are. And why should they change for you anyway? They'll change when they're good and ready to change, and they will do it for themselves, not anybody else. And so we can only change our own life by, um, for instance, when I realized that I'd been patronizing then I, and I understood what my patronizing was all about, it was about the idea that when I heard these ideas, I was so, I was so, they, I mean, they had changed my life so dramatically that I had this sort of 
attitude that everybody could benefit from these ideas, uh, whether they liked it or not. And so it was kind of very patronizing to other people. But as soon as I recognized that, then it put me in a seat of power where I could say, okay, so this is not really a very attractive trait of mine, and I can jolly well change it because I can, I can change my attitude about this and realize that people have the ideas they need, and they, they choose new ideas when they're ready for them, and it isn't up to me to decide when and where that happens. And so my attitude changed. And then the person who had been patronizing toward me didn't change. They were still somewhat patronizing, but it didn't bother me anymore because I didn't have that in my aura. So therefore I noticed it, but it didn't have that awful truck hitting me in the gut feeling. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I hear that a lot in my practice from people coming in with these issues and they're saying, you know, and, and I think I know them because I've been seeing them for quite a while and I just think, okay, I don't know what's going on with you, but maybe I should just start handing out your book. Might be easier. <laughs> Here, figure it out. Read this. <laughs> you know, I mean, because you can't, you can't always clear things out. I mean, we can clear things out and, and help them to move things along through the energy therapy. However, they have to recognize it and be willing to allow it to be moved along. That's true, and, and I and I have sympathy for that because honestly, uh, T, I spent the first half of my life blaming everyone else for my problems, and so I know all about what that's. Oh, like. don't we all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing that I the only thing that happened was that I attracted a lot of people into my life who were willing to blame me for everything wrong in their lives, and right. Um, right. so when I finally did take responsibility, uh, then I started attracting people to me who were also taking responsibility. So it was a big change. That is a big change. It's a great step. It's a great growth. Yes, it's enormous. It's wonderful growth. It really changes everything in your life because your life really is about the people you're interacting with and what is happening to you, and um, that was a big change for me. Everything Mm. changed. Now, I know there are 33 questions in the book in total, and they run the gamut from what happens if I don't pay back my loans to, you know, what happens if I commit suicide. It's quite a range. And and you just said a few moments ago, these are questions that you you had asked because you were thinking of writing this book, I mean, how did you choose these questions? Some of them are tough questions. Yeah, well, I think it's a combination. I feel like um, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm really working with spirit. We're working together, uh, and I think that um, it's a combination of our energy working together that came up with the questions, and I think that I've had most of the questions myself at one time or other in my life uh, that mm-hmm. I asked. Uh, even the suicide one. So um, I, were, I was interested in the answer the Spirit was going to give me. I was very interested in all the answers to the questions that were asked. And um, I think that they are they do cover the gamut, but I think that's what I love about the book, that it does. Yes, because it's not questions like what happens if I don't obey my parents or what happens if I tell a lie or what happens if I don't pay my parking ticket. It's not those types of questions. No, it, it's the thing, it's the questions that, that really have a lot of impact on the kind of life you're living. Uh, you know, whether you're um, whether you're enjoying your life or whether you're not. And uh, so, you know, these are the ideas that turned my life around. So that's what I want to share with others and help those who are interested in turning their lives around uh, by sharing what happened to me and sharing the answers that I found that made such a difference. Sure. I mean, and there are. So it's so, uh, so many different subjects in here that everyone can benefit from from reading this book because you can just you list the different questions at the beginning of the book you turn to that chapter and then you give a dissertation and I love the fact that you have at the very beginning in bold you write down a comment which leads the reader to want to read more and then at the end you kind of wrap it up in bold with with like a little synopsis so you know, you can kind of get the idea of what it is once you've read it once and not have to go through and read it completely all again. The chapters are short. It's a really quick, easy read, but it is very enlightening. You know, uh, one of the ones that I really loved was what happens if I insist on agreement? And it's funny because the the bold comment underneath is, is there is only one thought you have in common with the rest of humanity, that humanness is the timely game of the moment. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, a game. <laughs> yeah, and and when you're always insisting on uh you know trying to get agreement from everyone, all you have around you all the time is a lot of disagreement. Uh, because people don't have uh 
they have the different ways of doing things. They have different priorities. They have different goals in life. They have different ways of doing things, different ways of seeing things, different ways of feeling things. And so why do we need the agreement? We only need to make sure that we are behaving towards other people the way we hope they will behave towards us. That's really the bottom line. Uh, because that's what you're creating. Every day as we live our lives, we're creating what the next day is going to be like, what the next week's going to be like by what we, uh, how we behave. The big breakthrough moment for me came when I heard the idea that the universe thinks everything is love. It interprets everything as love. It doesn't judge good or bad, wrong or right. It just thinks you're expressing your idea of love. So if my idea of love at one moment is to be very rude to somebody else, the universe says, oh, Betsy thinks that love is rudeness. So let's hear a lot more of what she loves. <laughs> oh, my God, I don't like that. <laughs> That's true, though. That's how it works. That's how it works. I mean, it was really breakthrough for me because it, I, it made me realize that am I expressing my idea of what I want to get back or not? You know, it really, it really brings you to the crux of the issue. Am I being the person I want to meet tomorrow? Uh, that's the idea. Well, but the way that you just phrased it and said the universe only sees things as love, I've never heard that expressed that way before. I've heard people say, well, you know, the universe sees what you're doing and thinks that you want more and so sends it. But if we really kind of change that perspective a bit and realize that the universe looks at everything as love, yeah. if you're a loving person, and I'd like to think that most people are, as you might use your filter more. You might actually become more aware because you realize, wait, I have to come from a place of love. I have to come from my heart. And you might think about it because you know it's going to, as you say, the boomerang theory, come right back at you, you know. And, and that's an interesting way of putting it. I don't think I've heard that put quite that way before. So I do like that an awful lot. Yeah, I do too. It's really it's really vivid. It's really vivid. It and is. I like I like sticking the universe like right in front of me as a as a as a person or an energy and just waiting for me to express what I express what I think love is and then ready to just hand it right back to me in a loving way, you know, whether whether I like it or not. And then, and that's that's what happens. Whether I like it or not, I get back what I give. Right. And when you really get that, you can become more aware and, and try to you know, try to just bring that more into your life so that you are doing and it's that's hard. It is hard sometimes. We're human. You know, we're going to mess up. We're going to get upset. We're going to be rude. We're going to stamp our feet and cry. But once you get past that initial venting and crying and stamping your feet, you can go back to, you know, being more aware. Because we do need to release things. We do need to let things go. We need to do that. We just don't need to do it towards other people. We need to get – I mean, when I I started using these ideas – uh, and I would get frustrated, I would just go into a room, close the doors, and I would start stomping on pillows just to get the energy out of my body and start punching them. Like, you know, I would just make somebody's face the pillow, and I would just punch, 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 and then it would get it out of my body, and then I could look more honestly at what was really going on because you do have to get that tension out of your body. But try to do it by yourself so that you can just express yourself in any way you want to express yourself uh, because that's just a, that's just you're releasing emotions and getting out those feelings. But the minute you release them towards somebody else, you're, you're telling the universe that's your interpretation of love and the universe is going to send people back to you who are dealing the same way. And so that's where it begins to make a difference when you when you are doing it towards another person. Because basically, you know, you heard the idea that we're all one, I'm sure. But I mm-hmm. make sense of that idea by thinking that every time I am, uh, I am acting out towards another person, I am basically acting out towards myself and then uh, having myself come back to me. And, um, and that puts it into perspective for me that it makes it easy for me to remember and to think about the idea of that mirror and that reflecting image. When you make the the pillow the person's face, though, aren't you energetically, I mean, I'm thinking you are, beating them up? <laughs> well, just, I basically just, I had it was the way I had to do it in the beginning. Uh, now I wouldn't probably do it that way because I would ask myself, wait a minute, this isn't about the other person, this is about me. Uh, mm. I, I need to look at myself. But there mm-hmm. are times in your life when things happen that it's, it's healthy to get that energy out. And if you have to get it out that way, fine. Because after you get it out, then you're in a more relaxed place, and you're uh, and you haven't you haven't actively gone to that person and screamed and yelled and 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 tried to punch them out. You've just done that to get rid of the energy in your body. 
Yeah, it's all about whatever you're feeling inside to release it and let it go, and then you always feel better. Yes, you feel better. Yeah, and you and haven't hurt anyone. Have, don't have all that all that seething resentment inside of you, which is what other people feel. They feel that seething resentment if you don't get rid of it and and release it, and that's what they react to. I remember an incident when I was working with someone, uh, a woman that I, I, um, I was having trouble getting along with, and I would go home at night and I would um, talk about, you know, I was finding everything wrong with her. I was, you know, and when you, whatever focus you take is going to expand. So the more things I found wrong with her, the more things I found wrong with her. It kept getting bigger and bigger, like a snowball going down a hill. And <clears throat> although I never said anything to her face, um, or I never said anything to anybody else behind her back. I said it over and over and over in my apartment, and I had that focus. I had that that energy focus when I was with her during the day, and so I, and she she reacted to that the energy that I had towards her, <clears throat> even though uh, she may not have understood what it was that made her so uncomfortable. She reacted to it. So I did an experiment of of deciding that I would change my focus in a different way, and so I went home. And I sat down with a piece of paper and I wrote down all, a list of things that I admired about her and why I thought she was in the job, what she did well, uh, what she handled beautifully, how she interacted with other people, and how it was a positive thing. So I just wrote down the positive things and I said them over and over in my head like I had been saying the negative over and over in my head so that I sort of got into a new habit. And although I never said anything different to her, she felt the difference and reacted. Oh, sure. And mm-hmm. it changed the relationship completely. So it is. It is. You have to remember that whatever you ever, however you focus, and whatever focus you take, whatever truth you be, becomes yours is going to get bigger. And so you have to ask yourself: Is this a truth I want to get bigger, or is it not? Right. Right. I mean, I think that when you, we know we can't change anyone else. However, if we change our perspective toward them, they will change toward us. Yes, they do because they react to who to who you are in the moment. Absolutely. Sure, and they don't even realize they're doing it. They have no, no they, clue, <laughs> you know, because it is an energy thing. It's it's all energetic, and if we are putting out an energy that someone picks up and they can tell right away, I know this, I have this relationship with people where they can tell right away, they, they soak up my energy like a sponge, and then I begin to feel like they're treating me differently, and I'm wondering why, and I'm doubting myself, and I have to realize it's because of what I'm putting out there. Of course they're going to treat you differently. Your energy is different. They don't have to understand how energy works. This is how energy works. We're human, and this is how it works. You don't have to have a full understanding of it to see it in action. Right. And and I think that we always can feel how other people uh, feel. We, we can sense other people's feelings. I don't think feelings are hideable. They really no. aren't hideable. Um, the, you know that they're they're emotional and emotions can be felt by other people whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now you structured the book in such a way that the the are the questions actually posed in a specific order or is it just random? Is it how this book was channeled to you through spirit? How did they? How did you determine what was going to be chapter one versus chapter, you know, twenty two? I did. I just read it. I just wrote it from page one and just went with it. Um, I didn't. Uh, I didn't write an outline. I didn't do anything. I just sat down and said, "Okay, here we go." And, and wow, you're kidding! You didn't even have to write an outline. You just went with uh, it. Yeah, I just. Went How with long it. did it take you to write? Well, um, it, it's um, it's a process of uh, my process is of just writing everything out. Uh, that I hear and then going back and editing. And when I heard somebody say one time that writing was um, 10% inspiration and 90% editing. I said, right on. <laughs> it, it really, it really is. Um, editing is because basically I like to get the ideas out there and then I go back and I work on them um, to make them clear. Make sure even if I understand it, doesn't mean the person reading it will understand it. So I need to, I need to go over it and make sure that I'm making the ideas clear enough for other people to understand. Well, I think you're very successful with that. I, I really do. It's As I said, the chapters are not long at all, uh, and you can go back, and if you're feeling something, go back and say, okay, you know, what's going on with this, and see if you can find a chapter that relates to it. You probably will, and either read the chapter or read the things that are in bold and really get a lot out of it, you yeah. know. I think I think you did a great job with doing that, and you didn't 
you know, belabor any points. So many times I'll receive books that are, you know, six, 700 pages long, and it's just too long to read. This is very succinct. You've got it all written down very well, and it's very easy to access, as I said. So, you know, it's something that will help a whole lot of people uh, if they, you know, choose to go and look at this. I think it's, um, it's a nice thing to keep on your desk to refer to when you're having those moments because it will put you back on track, which is what we all want to do so that we can have a better life. We're talking with Betsy Otter Thompson, author of the What Happens If I book. You can learn more about Betsy by visiting her website, BetsyThompson.com. That's B-E-T-S-Y-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N.com. Okay, so out of the 33 questions, is there one that you feel is, let me say, somewhat lays a foundation for life? Well, when I was writing the book, it seemed that each chapter that came along uh, miraculously was about something that I was thinking about or dealing with, and um, no surprise. And um, so I guess that when I was writing the book, every chapter seemed like it was the most important chapter to me at the time. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. how I am with all my writing. The book I'm writing is the most, the most, I've, the best I've ever done. <laughs> Whether it's, you know, and it just goes like that because I get so into it and I'm so... Uh, I'm so excited about it when I'm doing it that it becomes the best I've, uh, the best I have. But um, I guess it just it just uh, evolved the way it evolved. I didn't, I just trusted, you know, I just trusted that it would be the book that it needed to be to reach people. And I have this wonderful saying that I I have my one of my favorite quotes in the world is by Albert Einstein. It says, "If you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough." Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great. That's true. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's great. I just, because I just it's love, true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just you should be it. able to explain. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the one of the chapters that really stuck out for me and I thought was probably a foundational type of chapter for anyone, it was uh, Chapter 11. It very It really speaks loudly to me because I believe gratitude is the foundation of what we create. And if you don't have gratitude, you won't have anything. And that one is, you know, what happens if I refuse to look for the blessings? And, you know, we do refuse to look for the blessings. It's a strong word, refuse, but we do do that not even, you know, inadvertently because we don't look to see where blessings are. So in in just not noticing them, we are refusing to look for them. And so many people will say things like, I, you know, I have nothing to be grateful for. I, you know, there's nothing in my life right now that, that I can appreciate. And yet there are so many things. And if they just stopped and wrote down, like you did, you wrote down what that woman, what her job was, how she did it well, what she did beautifully, what she was proficient in. And you, that was gratitude. That was appreciation for what she has. And that shifted your entire relationship with her. Yes, it did. And I think that that um, we have a choice. I used to think when I was uh, well, not that long ago, <laughs> but I I used to think um, really for an awfully long time that I couldn't control my thoughts. That they just came into my head, and there they were, and I was stuck with them whether I liked it or not. And uh, I think a lot of people think that's true that the ideas come into their head and they can't do anything about it. But the truth is, you can. That you can uh, if you have an idea in your head that's uh, hanging around and you don't like it. You have to ask yourself, what thought would I like better? And then you have to focus on it, and you have to keep focusing on it, and you have to keep expanding it so that you get out of the pattern of thinking you're helpless and you're a victim and getting into the the pattern that you're powerful and your powerful energy and you can create what you like. And it is a habit, really. It is nothing more than a habit. Because when I when people tell me that they have they're they're in this they're in a rut or they can't. Uh, they can't find what they want, and I and I and I say, well, you know, what what are you focusing on? And what you're focusing on, you don't have enough. You don't have this. You don't have that. So, I don't have this, and I don't have that. It's going to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger, and you're going to feel like nothing is right in your life. You don't have what you need, and that's the, that's your attitude towards life. And so that's what you attract back to you. Lots of people who feel they don't have enough and are always complaining about their lives. So if you want to change that, you have to become the person who does appreciate and who looks for the blessings, who finds the blessings, who focuses on the blessings, and then you'll attract a lot of people into your life who are also doing the same thing. It really isn't complicated. It just takes the determination, and and you only have to try it once to see how well it works, and then you build on the once. 
Right, but you do have to try it, and you have to be consistent. You can't just say, well, I did that yesterday at 2.15 for five minutes, and it didn't work. That's not how it works either. <laughs> I mean, people do do that. They think it's like magic, you know? That's, I'm serious. <laughs> but you know that. <laughs> I love that. It is true. It is, you have to, it is a focus that you take for your, you know, as your, as your, you know, your attitude for life. Um you start with one thing, though. You start with one thing you're grateful for, and then you focus on that, and then you look for one more thing. And and I always think that the writing down is a good idea because, mm-hmm. sure enough, as soon as you try to get try to get into a positive focus, if you don't make it structured for yourself at first, ego jumps in with all the reasons that you have for the things you do, all the rationalizations. Uh, uh, um, you know, I that person was I was unkind, yes, but that person deserved my unkindness because they were unkind to me first. Uh, unfortunately, the universe doesn't recognize rationalizations. It just recognizes, it just recognizes the emotion, and so it just gives you back the emotion. And so uh, you have to find a reason that uh, instead of being mean, you have to find a reason for being kind. And the reason is that being kind to others is being kind to yourself. It's the self-motivation to have the kind of people in your life that you like and to get things back from people that you like. Do it for selfish reasons because, really, you are the one creating your life. It's sometimes so challenging, the emotional part. That is, that is what is so challenging. Yes, it is challenging. It mm-hmm. is challenging. But I, but I think the list is a good idea. I had a, you know, I had a very hard time getting along with my mother and uh, felt that I had a very traumatic relationship with her, and I built it up, you know, I, the more things I found wrong about it, the more things uh, were there were for me to find. And um, when I reached this point in my life where I wanted to, where I, this new philosophy was introduced to me, um, I did this writing down on a piece of paper of the things that I had, that my mother had done for me instead of the things that, that were good, instead of the things that she had done for me that were when my quote-unquote bad so when I started writing the list, I thought I'd come up with maybe five things, and by the time I was finished with the list, I had about 25 things. So it, it, was, a, it was a process of saying I'm determined to find what was good and then, and then finding them. And, and, and when I did that, it was, it was very dramatic for me because um, it switched my focus around from it's one, of this, you know, the, one of the chapters in the book is what happens if I use my sob story to manipulate for the first half of yes. my life using that sob story with my mother to manipulate other people. And then, of course, I attracted a lot of people to me who were uh, willing to manipulate me with their sob story. And um, I realized that uh, this woman had, had, you know, the fact that I didn't agree with her philosophy, that I had different priorities than she had, that we looked at life completely differently, uh, was a motivating factor for me in that it pushed me to search for a philosophy that did work for me. And she really was a gift in that way because it was, it was such, there was such a, a resistance to her way of looking at life that I just made me creepy crawly. So um, I just had to find something that worked for me. And so in a way, she was a great motivator. And I think of it that once you realize that, that, that someone has been a gift to you, you almost even don't need to forgive them for anything because why do you need to forgive somebody who was, the gift you needed to motivate you to find a philosophy that not only changed your life but uh, brought you incredible love and incredible happiness. So in that way, and, she truly was. And that chapter, is it does deal with forgiveness, too, because, you know, we people think that if you forgive someone, you're condoning what they're doing and you're saying it's okay, and that's not what you're doing. You're doing it for your own benefit, for your own heart. Right, right. They don't need your forgiveness. You're the one who needs the forgiveness. Right. You need you need and, to forgive other people for your sake, not for their sake. Exactly, so that you can move forward and grow. Right. And, 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 yeah, and just continue on because, you, well, first of all, they're not going to care if you forgive them. Right. <laughs> they probably don't even know what the problem is, right. you know. Exactly. So you, and, I, and I like the fact that I, I've been keeping a gratitude journal for probably, I don't know, millions of years at this point. And, uh, you know, and I've increased it. And there was an exercise that, Someone said, you know, write down a hundred things that you're grateful for about, uh, you know, a specific situation that happened during the day. And I thought a hundred, but you know what? It's really easy once you start. Yeah. Once you start put your mind into that frame of I'm thinking about all the the good that came out of this. You can really come up with you can come up with more than a hundred. 
Yes, I know. It, 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 it's like a snowball. It's like mm-hmm. you, you can, uh, you know, just think of the snowball because it's a very vivid image and it's a good image because it, it works the same for the negative as it does for the positive. And you're the one who decides which focus you're going to take. I, this is like this is about personal responsibility and saying to yourself, "I'm the one who who determines the focus I'm going to take." And um, until you are willing to say that, uh, you're going to feel like nothing ever makes sense in your life. It's, I think it's really true. Um, that before you get this idea of the universe being very balanced, I, I, I always say um, the cosmos shows us exactly how the universe works. It stays in perfect balance with all the planets and exactly in their orbit where they need to be. If one of them jumped out of orbit, everything would go into chaos. And so, therefore, everything within the universe is in balance, too, which means that you are going to receive exactly the attitudes you give and the actions and the emotional actions you give towards others. So you are the one who's in charge. We are creating. We are the creator. We are creating a life uh, where we're telling the universe the kind of life we want to have. And um, we are the ones who are empowering and making those things happen. We're, we're empowering ourselves to be a certain way, to act a certain way, to give a certain way uh, in order to have that be our life. How... <laughs> I know I know there are people listening <laughs> and they're going to be thinking this is a crazy question, but you know, if we have our thoughts and we're being kind to people and we, we really believe that we are and we're doing things and all of a sudden things start to go awry and you're trying to think, what did I do to deserve this? H- how far back does the universe do this balancing act? I mean, can it be well, something that well, came up when you were 10? <laughs> well, uh, first of all, we don't control everything that happens outside of us. When I say, you know, take control of your life, I'm talking about what you do within yourself. Things happen in life because there are people all around us, and and you can't control everything that happens, but you can control how you react to it. Right. So that's where the, the, and and, um, you, you know, if you rationalize something happening to you and something bad happens and you rationalize and say they deserve to get the worst thing back because of what happened, that's you deciding how to react to the situation if you to say you can also say well um this happened but how do i want to feel about this because how do i want to what do i want to create for myself from how i react i mean it just takes a little thought first to think about the idea i'm trying to think of something concrete that i can come up with um somebody walks but i am yeah go Go ahead. ahead I was, say, I was going to say, go ahead. no, you go ahead. <laughs> somebody walks down the street and they they, uh, they make some snide remark about the hat you're wearing. Well, you can turn around and you can knock the hat off their head and and punch them in the arm and say, you know, that, that, that's what you get for being rude. Or you can just laugh and say, well, who cares what you think? It's my hat and I love it and go on. Uh, mm-hmm. You decide, you decide, and, and that's. And how you decide to behave is the reaction you're inviting other people to behave with you. Right, and then that will perpetuate. Yes. Yep. You just have all that coming in. You know, there's one other thing I'd like to talk about. It's the very last chapter of the book because it's called Ascension. Because the word ascension has become somewhat of a buzzword today. It is your last chapter, but it has come to be the focus for a lot of people. And and what I mean by this is so many people are using the word ascension to mean something that's outside of them, like it's a destination that they're going to, rather than something that is within that they need to achieve for themselves. Yes, and ascension is an inner revelation, not an outer right. revelation. Yes. And, and yes. I believe every time you are kind to somebody else you ascend a little bit i mean it's not a any ascension is a mastery and it is not no different from the mastery of anything else the master is a piano the master is a plumber the master of painting it starts out with the basic scales starts out with the basic forms it starts out with the very beginning you start out and you learn uh, and you build on what you learn and and Ascension is exactly the same. It's no different. I, I don't care what mastery you're talking about. It's accomplished the same way. And it's about inner determination to achieve a certain something. Uh, with ascension, it is achieving the fact that or reaching the point where you feel, know that the, the light inside of you is shining and you are using that light to love others. And it just builds on itself and builds on itself and builds on itself. And that's what ascension is all about. 
but it's it's no you know it starts small and you do it in your own way you can do it in your own way i think meditation for me is a wonderful way of of a, a wonderful step in that process for me because i go within and i and i can appreciate the um, value of my body here and the feelings that i can have in my body and feelings that and things that can happen to me during meditation i've had incredible things happen to me in meditation and uh and uh i it's a very big part of my life i've done spontaneous healing through meditation so i i really believe in it but it's all a step-by-step process of honoring yourself uh, valuing who you are and uh, treating yourself in a way uh, that you would like other people to treat you people take their cue from you Yes, and I think there are so many different things out there that people talk about ascension and they'll, you know, be talking about how the energy is feeling uh, crazy right now and the planets are doing this and the stars are doing that and it's all part of the ascension. And I think to myself, this is not a cult thing, (laughs) you know, where people are just going to be flying up off the earth or something. It, It almost feels that way when I hear people talk like this because I'm not fully understanding what they mean by it's part of the ascension. We all have our own ascensions at our own rate. We're all developing at a different time. It's not a competition. It's not, you know, who's going to get there first. It's it's our growth is what it is. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's a very personal thing. And I think um, uh, people have a focus that is uh, loving to them, and if people want to talk about that, it's fine with me. I don't care. But it, it, isn't, it isn't my way, but it doesn't mean it's the wrong way. I don't think there's a wrong way and a right way, but people get really excited and feel loving and talking about it in that way, then fine. But that's not my way. My way, what I really believe is that uh, ascension is a step-by-step process of really realizing that we are the energy of God. Um, we all have God within us, and we, but it's up to us how we use that energy. And so it's a process of learning to use that energy in a, in a productive way uh, and sharing who we are with other people in a productive way. And, and now that's I- what about to me yeah i agree i think that uh too many times people are trying to put blame of things that are happening in their life on well it's part of the ascension so that's why i did it and uh, you know or well that's, that's yeah, yeah, rationalization. Yeah, I mean, I hear this. yeah that's another rationalization i mean i uh you know blame the stars you know i, I right <laughs> um they've taken a lot of blame through the years but um sure mercury and, 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 and i really don't i really don't think they care <laughs> <laughs> no, the stars don't. The planets don't. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, right. You know, and one of your chapters that I like too is believe that God. Uh, what happens if I believe that God has favorites? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a hard one to. Uh, if you believe that God has favorites, um, or you have the favor of God over others or others have the favor of God over you, what's to keep you from falling into the undesirable category of someone having favor of God over you? We're all energy. We're all one. We're all equal in terms of, of what we that we all have the, the love of God in our hearts. Uh, we all equal in that way. So it's impossible for God to have favorites because we are all a part of that whole. And... Uh, why would somebody else have a pipeline to godliness that another person does not have? Uh, why would God reveal itself to some and not to others? God comes to you. You know, God doesn't say, um, this is what you have to do to be close to me. God says, show me your way. Show me your way. And everyone has their own way of being close. And you have to find your way because it may not look like anyone else's way. It may not resemble anyone else's way. It just has to be your way. And I don't care if you're, uh, you know, a person who has a job of being a, a construction person. They can have as much, they can be as close to God as anybody else. As a priest in Rome can be as close to God. It has nothing to do with the outside of your life. It has everything to do with the inside, the inside life inside of you. Yes, I agree 100 percent because I've heard people say, well, you know, they're a priest or they're a rabbi or they're a minister. And it's like so, they're a human. They're no different than anyone else. They're no more special than anybody else. They're no better than anybody else. We're all equal in every aspect. And, yeah, and that, that's a, a, sometimes that's a, t- a difficult thing for people to get because they really believe that these people who are in, let's say, authority figures or, you know, doing specific things couldn't possibly, you know, be their equal. They yeah, kind of feel intimidated by that. 
It's about getting caught up in the picture of what things look like instead of the feeling of how things are. Uh, it's easy to get distracted by what people what looks to be true in the picture of life, but the picture of life is just an illusion. Uh, here today and gone tomorrow. It is the reality w- within us, which is our emotion, that is the true uh, eternity that lives inside of us, and therefore. Uh, that is what needs to be honored. And everybody is here in a role. I, I love the idea of, that Shakespeare says the whole world is the stage because everybody is here mm-hmm. in, the, on the, in the drama, in the role that they thought was going to lead them deeper within. Uh, and I don't care what they're doing or where they are, what they're learning. They're in the role that their soul believes is good for them. And, and we just need to let go and release them to whatever path they have so that we can live our path. Because you don't... You can't really, while you're judging the paths of others, you can't, you're going to judge your own path, and you can't, you can't really live what you need to do. It was only after I released my mother to, that it was okay that she was the mother she came here to be, not the, pers- not the mother I wanted her to be, but the mother she came here to be, that I released myself to take the path that I needed to take. But while I kept telling herself, myself that she was the wrong kind of mother, then, then I made my, then it was like I was the wrong kind of daughter. So um, you have to let others, let others go and release them to, in order to release yourself. And, and you have to also know that in that there is love because everything comes from love. And, and, and somewhere in your book it, it said um, the universe doesn't, just refuse love for you because you refused it the first time. It doesn't say, okay, that's it for you, I believe is what it said. Uh, yeah. Love keeps giving because because it's, because it's giving so, is what keeps love full to give again. It was something yeah. like that that you said, and it made so much sense. Yeah. You know, the, like the, the it's universe. Like the well. It's like mm-hmm. the well. The well, the water has to be taken out of the well for the well to refill. It's the right. same idea. Yeah. You're not going to be refused. The universe isn't going to give up on you. The universe isn't going to say, oh, well, you made a mistake. Forget it. I'm cutting you off. <laughs> you know, that just doesn't happen, even though sometimes it feels that way, and I have felt that way. <laughs> it, just, it just looks like the, it, 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 it's, um, the universe sees it as growth. Everything that's happening is just your way of growing. It's your way of finding what you need to find. It's your way of, uh, you know, even when you, if you, the universe is so benevolent, it doesn't say, you know, if you give, if you're cruel, the universe doesn't say, oh, here's a lot of cruelty. It just says, here's the love you interpreted. That's all. Here's the love back that that you've expressed. um, And I like like the way that you word that. That really makes a lot more sense than some of the other ways that I've heard uh, because people will say, oh, so if I'm mean, I'm going to get mean back. Yes, you are. But the fact that it's an interpretation of what you feel is love because we are made of love and we are love, so why wouldn't everything we do be our interpretation of love? It has to be. It is, yes, exactly. Good or quote-unquote bad, you know, good or not good, whatever it is, it's each person's... you know, their own understanding of what love is, whatever it is they're putting out there. And even if they're doing it in a mean way, even if something is, someone is doing something purposefully and it's mean, it's still their interpretation of love from the standpoint that they're at at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, it, it isn't going to affect your life or impact your life unless there's something that you need to learn from that behavior. If you're very, very focused on what's happening with other people, then you you can be sure that what they're doing is telling you something you need to recognize and understand within yourself that needs to be dealt with uh, because that's what has your attention. And whatever has your attention is usually something that is something is always something that needs you need to uh, deal with or learn about or understand within and it's also i think it's also true that when someone comes to you with an issue or a problem and they want to talk about it and you're you're talking with them you need to listen to what it is you're saying because that is for you as well yes you know we're always the teacher and the student absolutely at the same time right yes absolutely yes you don't find anybody you don't find any by, anyone by mistake, even if it's just, even if it's, you know, the picture looks like it's the teacher and the student. The universe doesn't recognize teacher and student. The universe just recognizes two human beings facing each other, two energies, two energies facing each other. Right, regardless of whether one energy is five years old and the other one's 95 years old, it doesn't matter. 
because that five-year-old can teach the 95-year-old just as easily as the 95-year-old can teach the five-year-old. It's just the exchange of energy and what's happening. It's, yeah. it's, that, it's, it's miraculous. Just, the whole thing really is miraculous. Yes, and in fact, I, I, I have a, parent, a book called Love Parent, and in it it's a saying, it says that when the newborn comes to you, the newborn is there to teach you. So listen to what it has to tell you instead of trying to force it to listen to you. Yeah, people should do that more often. We have so much we can learn from children. They're so much closer to source. They don't forget anything, and they haven't been manipulated and destroyed yet, <laughs> you know, by society. They yeah, they haven't been distracted yet. They haven't uh, uh, haven't been uh, convinced that they don't understand what's going on, but they, they do. They understand everything. They come here as, as pure source, absolutely pure source. You only have to yep. look into the eyes of a newborn to know where they're coming from. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. And and when they're smiling and playing, I really believe they're playing with angels and they're, you know, staying connected to source. And we have so much we could learn from them if we just drew upon that instead of thinking that we know all because we're older, you know. Ugh, I don't know. Well, we are almost out of time, Betsy. However, before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they may learn more about you and where they may purchase the What Happens If I book? Well, my website is www. Uh, Betsy Thompson dot com, and um, the books are there on my website. And all that you can also go to Amazon and just put in books by Betsy Otter Thompson, and it will come up. And I'm also on Facebook, and I'm on Twitter, and I'm on uh, LinkedIn and YouTube, and Goodreads, so they can uh, connect with me there too. Do you do workshops at all? I haven't, but you know, everybody is saying that to me now. It must be the universe coming to me and saying. Mm-hmm. This is something you need to get started on. Uh, I just have felt like I haven't had time, and I'm not sure I would know how to go about it, but uh, it's it's coming up almost every day. Isn't that interesting? That's funny. That is yeah. interesting. Well, yeah, you you know, you're being given a message, so, you know, do with it what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. That would be that would be good though to do some workshops on the different books you have because your books are very interesting and you do have what is this the sixth one I believe one two three yeah the sixth book out so yeah. that's great mm. yeah. so listeners we need you to spread the word if you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio share it with your friends and I know that you do so send the link to the show so that they can be made aware of all the wonderful things that are offered here at Energy Awareness Radio. All of my guests share their time freely. They give us a minimum of 60 minutes of their day to help us all. And as you are all aware, they do it at no charge. You pay nothing for the wisdom and knowledge that you receive here at Energy Awareness Radio from all these wonderful guests who share their time and expertise with us. And we're really very fortunate that we have such wonderful guests that come on this show. So please share. Please be sure to pass the word. Make others aware so that they, too, will be able to grow and learn and make this world better for everyone. And thank you again, Betsy. I appreciate your sharing time with all of us here this evening. It was a pure delight to have you on the show. It really was. really appreciate it. Thank you. I I enjoyed being here. You're wonderful. No, good. I'm glad. No, well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another great show. So go ahead, get out your calendar, and note it now so that you remember to tune in next week. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You will find an archived list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, and some information about the other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year. If you are in the tri-state area and you are thinking about wanting to maybe go to a yoga class, there's a yoga uh, conference this weekend, the 29th and 30th on Sunday in Alamuchi, New Jersey. And you can check that out on my website as well. And I will be playing my crystal bowls there at 4.15 on Sunday evening. So, you know, give them a call and see if there's any availability. You might want to stop by. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. Have a good week. I got a roof over my head. I got a warm place to sleep. So that's all I will wake up in here. Instead of 
It's not a hand. 